But Duff, I promise you I wouldn't make each episode, the beginning of each episode, a bitch fest about traffic. Well, you end episodes with who do I want to crucify? So, hey, Larry, what do you want to bitch about today is how I should start. You these, should. Right? Yeah, that'll just be how we start from now on. Uh, but, man, the 275 in St. Pete ought to just get blown the fuck up. Terrible. Well, terrible, terrible. terrible. <laughs> it, it's congested just because people are moving and there's a lot of people yeah. here. And it's uh, the Indy 500 for a few of them. So. Mm. Snowbirds are down. We got another month or so with them. So yeah, I almost got put into Jersey barriers twice on the way here. So anyway, um, <laughs> I don't want to. We did this Just with get Rob. That out, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I had to get that off my chest. <laughs> well, no, we did have Florida stories. We were trying to make people go home, like and stop moving here last right. week. So yeah, well, that'll be an extension of that. Okay, don't move here. There's too many people. Except <laughs> for our friends, then move here. Well, especially right now with spring break going on. Oh, like goodness. it is oh, the yeah. worst time to be in Pinellas County. Didn't even yeah. think of that. Mm-hmm. Nobody move here right now to Pinellas County. Now the so audience that, may be wondering who that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that voice that you just heard right there, our guest today, Austin Wright. You have your own hop farm. I do. And you've brewed beer for how long? Uh probably going on close to three years now. Nice. Close to three years. Yeah. So yeah. if you think I dropped some useless knowledge about beer. Buckle up. <laughs> well, for the masses, it's it's useful. Yeah, well, to certain people, useful for people who appreciate to the masses, it. Masses, no. Useless to people who drink Bud Light uh, Platinum. Yep. Well, and that's <laughs> the thing. If you know a little bit about IPAs, you know more than the masses. I I, I will argue that. That's fair. So let's start. I mean, I'm. How, how did Hop Farm come into play here? That all came from my dad. All came from uh, from Duke. He, he randomly saw an article in the newspaper, and, and we're going back probably a good five years from here, saw an article in the newspaper about how the next agriculture and advancement in Florida was going to be hops. I drank a lot of beer. Hell yeah. Both my older sisters work in the beer industry, so he said, I want to get involved too. He owns five acres right here in Odessa, and he was thinking, well, h- how can I get involved with this? And so he saw that article and said, hey, we're going to start growing hops. I thought he was crazy for doing <laughs> it because typically the hops grow in the northwest. They grow up in uh, up in the north, and, and they're not supposed to grow in Florida. Has Duke said crazy shit before? <laughs> <laughs> we can get into that later, I, but the way, the way you said that, I thought he was crazy. <laughs> well, Duke needs a couple of different things that he's doing all at once. He, he needs a couple of, of different hobbies going on at the same time or else he'll, he'll go crazy. So, so he, he saw uh, this article and he said, hey, let's, let's try to grow hops. Because relatively, it's, it's pretty easy and cheap to get the operation started. And there were uh, – the University of Florida actually started um, growing hops because they have a great agriculture program. And they started growing hops – uh, and trying to figure out how could they be successful in the state of Florida. It was around the same time that uh, citrus greening was happening in Florida. And so the citrus industry in Florida was starting to die off a little bit. A lot of the local farms, especially here in Odessa, were starting to die off because all of the citrus uh, uh, farms were dying off from disease. And so they were looking at... Well, what's another crop that we could grow here in Florida that would be successful, that would have the farmers have something to do? And he kind of just went headfirst into this. 
we we started growing hops. It was not easy at first, and it actually took a couple, one, two years to get this whole process started. By year two, we had 175 plants. They were all doing great. Nice. And so we're like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> Let, let's, let's go into it. There, there's very few breweries out there that actually use local farm fresh hops. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to be one of the ones that, you know what, we can come to these local breweries and give them a local product because everything now is farm to table. Everything's farm to table. And so we wanted to kind of get into the industry of craft beer. And that was kind of our foot in the door mm-hmm. with, with that. So that, that's kind of how we started. Now, I tell people a lot that they're not directly related, but hops and cannabis are kind of same family. They're, they're, they are in the same family. Yeah. They are in the same family. The hops are a natural muscle relaxer. Yeah, which is a lot of times while people when people drink IPAs, they're always like, "Man, this makes me feel really chill." Mm-hmm. You know, before you get into the second, third one, and you're like, "Oh right. shit!" Right, and you're drunk. But <laughs> but but they they are legitimately in the same family. Yeah, and the, their genus is in the same family, and and so like even though they grow completely different, they are very similar about how you grow them, and that that's the biggest thing is is growing hops. It, it's it's not necessarily that difficult, but they are a bind plant. And now I say bind, not vine. Mm-hmm. Vine is different. So the hardest part about it was actually building a 20-foot tall, what you call a trellis, because they have to grow up to 20 feet before they start flowering and creating the hops. Okay. So that was the hardest part about the whole deal because, I mean, you see a lot of these farms out there, you know, when it comes to plants that grow that high, they're... They have machinery. They have equipment that can do that. We had an F-150 and three guys <laughs> to, to put telephone poles into the ground and make this trellis that was 20 feet up in the air. I almost killed one of my best friends. <laughs> trust, trust me when I say we almost killed one of my best friends <laughs> trying to set up one of these poles one day. <laughs> you know? so. Is there like a, a season as to when you plant start? So that that's actually interesting you asked that because so in the north up in the northwest which is where hops grow the best, um, they only really grow in a very small specific time of the year because hops don't like cold weather. It, it just so happened that and, and this is a lot like the uh, like uh, the the University of Florida figured out early on. We always thought, okay, so it's just the fact that hops like warm weather. Mm-hmm. That's why they only get one season a year up in the Northwest. That wasn't the case. What the University of Florida figured out, and again, this is this is hard for me to say because I'm a Florida State grad, so <laughs> it's hard it's hard for me to give. He, his face is cringing each I time know, he know. says University <laughs> of Florida. I know. So so it's hard it's hard for me to give uh, a lot of credit to the University of Florida, but they are the ones that figured this out. It's not so much to do with the temperature of the weather. It has to do with how long the sunlight is during the day, how how okay. the length of the day itself. Even though we get warmer weather down here in the south, they get longer days up in the north. Gotcha. So we're talking uh, 14, 16, 17-hour days up in the north. The hops are basically bred to know if the day is at least – say 15 hours long we're still growing 
And then once the day drops below 15 hours of sunlight, that's when they start flowering. Well, down here in Florida, even though it's hotter, we don't get days as long as theirs. Okay. The University of Florida was one that figured out, well, you can use certain types of artificial light to trick the plants into thinking that the day is longer. At that point, you basically can grow the hops year round. You know, they can withstand the heat. Yeah. And at the same time, you can grow them year round just because of the fact that like it doesn't get too cold for the plants not to grow. Okay. So we So you're lighting this field. Give me a picture of like how big are we talking? So so we're talking uh relatively about only a quarter acre. Okay. Only a quarter acre, not too much. But the hard part is uh getting the lights to be above the plants because at this uh, we're, we're we're basically making the plants think that it's still daylight out. Yeah. So the, the light has to be above them. So you need like stadium lighting. <laughs> it, it, almost essentially, yeah. You, you almost need stadium lighting for this. But it was crazy when we first figured that out. And it's like, oh, wow, we're getting a lot more production out of these plants mm-hmm. than we were getting just during the summer. Because, again, just during the summer, the days were long enough to where the plants would grow. But during the wintertime, it's like, well... They like this temperature, but they're still not growing. Well, it's because mm-hmm. the days are not as long. Yeah. And that, that was the biggest thing that kind of surprised me is, is you know, I'm, th- I'm thinking, oh, maybe they just like colder weather. That's why they grow better in the north. It's like, no, surprisingly, they actually have longer days up in the north than we have here. It's just a lot damn colder up there, right. <laughs> you know. Do you guys have um, certain... I don't know what you call them, but it breeds of hops like we mosaic do. versus citra versus whatever. So we do. Nelson. And, 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 and that that's kind of the tough part about it, too, is just with the soil that we have here, because the, the, the hops are bred up in the northwest. So there's only certain types of hops that thrive here in Florida. Okay. Um, so the ones that we grow are Cascade, Nugget, and Chinook. Uh, I would say 10, 15 years ago, those were amazing hops to use and brew nowadays there's so many different styles of hops out there that they still will still use those hops in beer but the ones that you mentioned like talking about like mosaic talking about galaxy talking about citra talking about mosaic you know like all, all these different hops the problem with those hops are is that they are actually trademarked by the hop growers up in the northwest okay and we actually looked into trying to grow some of those hops down here and they came back to us and said, well, yeah, we, we can, you know, we can get you some rhizomes for those hops, but we want a royalty for every hop that you sell. We want this. We want that. And we said, no, no, <laughs> no we're, we're farmers. Right. <laughs> like, no, we're, we're, we're not going to agree to those terms. So that was the main problem with trying to get some of these new age hops. Some of the hops that everybody's using for the hazy IPAs, they just wanted too much money for them mm-hmm. because they own them. Essentially, they, they created those hops, right. and we, we couldn't get our hands on them. So the ones that you're able to grow, <clears throat> they are ones that, yeah, are familiar. They've been around for a long time. Exactly. Are they, do you consider them more bittering-type hops? Or I know it, you know, without getting too far into it sure, right sure, sure. now, because you're going to know way more than I am, but sure. as to when they get put in the boil when you're making the beer and dry hopping and all that stuff, are they specific to any process, or are they kind of... Still universal, even though... Well, I mean, every hop is universal, depending sure. on when you put it in. Every hop has a distinct flavor profile. Every stop 
uh, every hop has a distinctive, uh, you know, uh, uh, alpha acid is what you call. So okay. the alpha acid level is dependent on how bitter that hop can be. Um, something like Cascade is going to have a 5 or 6% alpha acid. That, that hop is not going to create a beer very bitter. Um, Chinook, one of the ones that we grow, that one you're looking at 10 to 12% alpha acid. That one is going to make the beer very bitter, mm-hmm. which, again, is something you may look for, especially in, like, a traditional American or West Coast IPA. Yeah. You, you may want to use Chinook in there because you want that bitter hop-forward flavor in there. Yeah. That's the um, high IBU beer. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's the problem when it comes to these new hops that everybody's using in the hazy IPAs is their, their, their alpha acid is relatively up there. I'd say maybe around 8, 9, 10%. But the big deal with them is you don't put them early on in the brewing process. The earlier you put them in the brewing process, the more bitterness you get out of them, the less flavor. Right. The later you put them in the brewing process, the more flavor you get out of them. Right. Um, and that's why, like, you talk about these Galaxy, Citra, Mosaic, Simcoe, Amarillo, those types of hops, you want the flavor for a hazy IPA because that is the flavor you're looking for. Right. However, those are the ones that these hop-growing companies, they own the trademark on these hops, and it's not just, hey, we're going to charge more for the rhizomes of these hops so you can grow them. It's, no, 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 we want a piece of the pie, so every hop that you sell from these, we want a cut of that. Right. And that's where that problem comes in. Yeah. yeah. So this would be good for when we were talking with Joanna, and she said that she had a beer that was all Nelson hops, mm. but she didn't like it. Mm. And I said, well, it could have been because of how they used the hops. Maybe exactly. you don't necessarily not like Nelson hops. You just don't like how they used it in that beer. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's that's the biggest thing. that, that You know, because I, I, I get asked many times a day, is like, well, what makes a difference between like your traditional American West Coast IPA and a hazy IPA? Well, the style of hops for sure is going to change that. But the main thing is dependent on when you put them in, mm-hmm. you know, because you can use Nelson hops. And if you put them on early in the boil, you're getting nothing but the bitterness out of the hops. You may pick up a little bit of flavor, but it's nothing but the bitterness. You put them in after what we call flame out, which is after the boil's done, mm-hmm. you put those Nelson hops in there, you may pick up a little bit of bitterness from those hops. Most likely you're not going to pick up any at all, but you're going to pick up the flavor of right. that hop, that, that what it is. And that's why it's so important when it comes to hazies, because it's almost flipping the script. Before it was, okay, when do we put these hops in early in the brewing process? Now with the hazy IPAs, it's turned into, well, when do we put them in? at the late stage of making the beer, both towards the end of the boil, post-boil, or during fermentation, what you call a dry hop. Dry hop is, it's it's basically like a cold addition. Like, you know, so you're talking about after the beer has been boiled, after the yeast has been added, fermentation has already begun, Mm -hmm. now you're adding the hops in, that's called a dry hop. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yep. My only hazy IPA that I made, and it wasn't hazy intentionally, but it was a Chinook IPA from Northern mm-hmm. Brewer. I bought their, like, kit for it. Mm-hmm. And then I had Amarillo hops just kind of left over from a different one that I didn't use. So I put those in. Mm-hmm. And then it made a pretty cloudy. Yeah. It was actually pretty good. So, so you know, it's <laughs> funny t- talking about cloudy. And, and, and that's a big thing, too, is, is you talk about the clarity of the beer. Yeah. 
And that's one thing, like, ever since I started brewing that, you know, learning about the clarity of the beer, because of all the beers that I brew, um, there's only one style that I don't want clean, clear, and crisp, and that is a hazy IPA. Right. They make products now. It started as Spanish moss, believe it or not. That's what you would add to the beer to get rid of any cloudiness in the beer. It's funny. I don't, I don't know who figures out yeah. <laughs> these who, types yeah. of things. Spanish moss. Yeah. But now um, they, they make this product. It's called Warflock. Okay. And 10 minutes left in the boil, you add this these little tablets in. They're called Warflock. And that completely clears up the beer. I mean, it takes away any cloudiness whatsoever in the beer. Yeah, I would never. You're right. And and because and cause most beers, and again, I, I go back to traditional style uh, styles of beer. The more cloudy it was, the more people thought, oh, you did something wrong here. Yeah. If that beer is not clear, you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, in the last 10 years, 5, 10 years, it's no. Well, you want a cloudy beer, especially with the hazies, you know. And that's why, like, the only beer that I do not use World Flock in is the hazy IPAs. Because mm-hmm. if you can see your finger through the glass, you did something wrong on that. It's just right. kind of flipped a script over the years, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And back in the day, too, they used to call it unfiltered. Unfiltered. Remember that term? Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So do you have... I can't even ask that question. I was going to say, do you have kind of like a favorite hop in a beer? But again, it depends on... You can you can mm. really love gee my favorite beers all have galaxy hops in it, well that could be because they all use the hop very similar way. Sure, you know, sure. So it's a tough question to ask. But well, what are your hop power rankings? I I, I will yeah <laughs> yeah. Let's rank them. I you know what's funny I will say is uh, one of the most popular hops in hazy IPAs is a citrus hop, mm-hmm. and the the best way that I describe this is the way that. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good way. Um, that beer I showed you that we're probably going to have in a second, I think it's yeah. all Citra, the Zool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I'm, I'm, oh, my God, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. What, what's the, the green stuff they put on Mexican food? Uh, Guacamole? No, Cilantro. No, no, no. Cilantro, thank you. <laughs> Jesus, I'm drawing a blank right here. <laughs> so, um, you know how some people have a certain allergy to cilantro to where – you know, cilantro to me, if if cilantro was not on Mexican food, it's not Mexican food. M- my parents have this allergy to where it where cilantro tastes like soap to yeah, them. Yeah, I have that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you you have it too. And so some people never heard of this. I just oh, don't yeah. like cilantro, but oh yeah, yeah, it's probably like, part of my celery thing too. Like, and <laughs> and they they finally came out and said like it's an allergy like to Ooh. cilantro and and to where the taste actually tastes like soap to you. Citra has something similar to it, and Citra is one of the top uh, hops in the in the world right now, especially when it comes to hazies, where uh, it gives you a really good kind of citrusy grapefruit flavor to it. Some people, though, unfortunately me included, it, we have a reaction to it to where it tastes like uh, cat piss. <laughs> <laughs> so can we do an experiment yeah. with this Zool beer? I want to see your face. And you would do a side by side with actual capus. <laughs> but no, like like it, there is a thing where it, it tastes like ammonia. It smells like ammonia. It tastes like ammonia. I've never heard Larry, of this. Yeah, Larry, do you remember when I was making up stupid names of beers? <laughs> yes. like that were awful. Capus IPA, was, IPA one of them. was one of them. Yeah, That's so weird. But but it is it is a real thing. Is like it, like some people like the citra hops taste like tastes and smell like ammonia. 
I'm huh. one of those people. And so, like, I hate any beer that has citra in it. Now, some of them are fine. Some of them, I don't get that flavor or that I don't get that taste. But the majority of them, and especially the ones that I tried to brew in the past, it just gave me the worst taste. And other people have tried it. I've never heard that it, It's It's very weird. but like, Is so, it where it's added in the process, or is it just any time? Just any time. Just okay. any time. And, if, it, and if you put it in early and it gets all the oils out of it, it, then it, it tastes like cat piss. It, well, if you, you know. do it at the end, it's a dry <laughs> hop, though. Yeah. So, so that that's the main reason is is I, I don't use citrus whatsoever now. Like my my top two for sure are Galaxy and Mosaic. Me too. Oh man. And, <laughs> and again, if we're talking hazies, yeah. Same. I mean, that's it, pretty much all I right, right. enjoy now. But Galaxy <laughs> and Mosaic, and it's funny because my my main IPA. Uh, it was Galaxy Mosaic and El Dorado because El Dorado has a little bit more of a pine flavor to it, yeah. which I like. Even with the hazy, I like a nice little pine kind of bitter backbone. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, most people don't like that when they when they think hazy IPA, they think they don't want pine. They think that's more of like an they American want it to IPA. Be juicy, exactly. So <laughs> I, I'm that way too. So I'm, I, I'm okay yeah. with pine though. Like I used to yeah. love right, old school right. IPAs yeah. before the hazy thing blew up. Well, so. and, and and there's there's talks out there that. I mean, hazies aren't going anywhere. No. They're, they're going to be around forever. Sure. But there's talks out there with top people in the industry that think that more of the traditional American West Coast IPAs are going to make a comeback. Like, they're going to start kind of taking over hazies. And mm. honestly, honestly, to me, I kind of hope that That'd happens. That'd be good for business. I kind of hope it happens because I do love a I do love a good hazy, but man, I still will take a West Coast IPA over a hazy. Really? Yeah. Six point resin was like my favorite beer for a while. There you go. You yeah, know? and that was a high IBU, piney, mm-hmm. bitter Didn't IPA. S- I still would probably drink that right now. Yeah. Way back in the day, Sam Adams had one. Was it Latitude Forty Eight? Latitude Forty Eight like was yeah. one of my. That's oh, all Forty Eight. It was. You've never had that one. No, well, Latitude Forty Eight. No. It was. Oh, it's they, all hops grown on the 48th latitude. In, it was. It, was it the northwest <laughs> or was northwest. it Germany? Okay. No, northwest. I, I thought mm. northwest. Yeah. I thought there was. Something it could with, be a uh, mix of ones in Germany also. Mm-hmm. It was just yeah. the only. The only criteria is all the hops in the beer were grown at the 48th latitude. Yeah. I remember well, that was another one that you used to harp on way back. Love in the, it. Yeah, that that Sam Adams five. glass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh, Sam Adams for the longest time was just. Kept trying to come out with so many different beers, just trying to hit on some. Mm-hmm. I, me- I remember when I first started getting into beer, it was uh, the Rebel IPA. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was that yeah. was one of my favorites. I like that one too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I loved it too because I, what their their tap handle was an actual spray can that had like a little <laughs> you know shaker thing in it. Yeah. And every time I saw that on tap, I was like, yeah, let me yeah. get one of those. Absolutely. <laughs> like, let me get one of them boys right there. Did you see um, Sam Adams like last year? I think I told Tony this for your for your stepdaughter. Step <laughs> they have uh, it's called just the haze. Yeah, I've had it. Zero. You've had it. It's good. Yeah, my mom drinks it. Yeah. Really? Oh, I'm not, man. I got to get out and try some more. Zero that's, percent. It's zero percent. So. Well, zero percent. oh, oh. Uh, listen, hey, there, there's never a bad time to try to drink some NAs. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. The day you can't have a beer, but you want one. Exactly. Well, <laughs> that that's that was my weekend last weekend. I. That through through the bar that I work at, we we uh, actually bust a bunch of people down. To you work at a fest. bar? Yeah, did you know oh, that? Didn't know that. <laughs> I can't believe we haven't said that yet. But uh, <laughs> I, I'll say real quick: is like, yeah, was, we we had to bust um, 
a bunch of people down. It was something we do every year. Normally we get actual drivers. Like what we, we hire chauffeurs to do it for us. So Larry was on the one right before COVID. Yeah. Oh, you he was were part oh, of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so th- this, <laughs> this past year we didn't do chauffeurs. We just rented a couple of vans and we drove them down ourselves. Nice. So I was a designated driver. Oh. And so I got to spend three and a half hours at one of arguably one of the best beer festivals in the state of Florida. And I couldn't drink until I found a tent that was serving non-alcoholic beers, craft beers, mm-hmm. mind you. I mean, these things tasted like IPAs. They tasted like dark ales. Like they tasted just like beer. And so me and that guy became really good friends because I, <laughs> I was just hanging out next yep. to his tent the entire time. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> you know. But I wonder if, um, so you had that Sam Adams, just the haze. Yeah. Does it give you, because hops, like I said, like we said earlier, is a kind of a muscle relaxer. It's very relaxing. I don't know if you remember this or not, but did it have that kind of effect on you without the alcohol? I, I think it was more of just the motion of having a beer and having somewhat of that taste. I I don't recall. Like It was it, still relaxing. I mean, with me, drinking beer is relaxing to a point. Yeah. And, then, no, and no. then there's a fall off. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. And, and that's the thing. It's just being surrounded by three, 400 people that are all drinking beer and I have nothing in my hand. Yeah, it just, that sucks. You know, and, and I've gone through times in the past where, you know, I, I went through spells where I wasn't drinking. So, you know, you go to a bar and you ask, hey, can I get a club soda with a lime? Right. Because mm-hmm. you want everybody else to think you're drinking, but you don't want to drink that night. So, you, but you just want to drink in your hand. You want something to hold. Yeah. For the first two hours of that festival, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, man, I don't even have anything in my hand. Like, I, I don't. They didn't even give me a glass because I can't drink. And then I found that guy, and he's like, he's like, hey, I got a cup for you. <laughs> Here nice. you go. And just being able to kind of hold something while you're talking to a group of people, it's just, it makes it so much better. <laughs> well, do you want me to dump your beer here so you can have a good beer and just uh, dump it down your throat? <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll tell. Yeah, uh, I'm a little disappointed in the way this beer turned out. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Tell me about this. Do you guys have like anything that you do? So let's say it's during the week and you're, I don't want to drink during the week. So me personally, mm. I always have cans of like sparkling water, the sure. ones with like nothing in them, but I'll have like some natural essence of whatever, raspberry or, or whatever. So that's my going through the motions. And I have like three of those mm. every night, just like after work, after dinner, where I would normally on the weekend, that would be a beer. Mm-hmm. But when I don't want to drink, it's just a sparkling water. Do you guys do anything like this? Or is it just my need to cover my alcoholic uh, rumpkin? <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I don't. I probably don't drink Austin's it. like Matt shows up to brew so, like every night of the week. <laughs> no, no, no. no don't I can tell that. you right now, Duff drinks every day. <laughs> I, I, not at the bar. I, I mean, I'll be honest. Of the, of the brew crew, which I'm sure everybody's heard about in the past, uh, I would say Matt and JoJo probably show up the least. Like, oh, at, really? During the week, that is. I would is. not guess that. During the week, it, it, it is true. Like He's telling us to step up. That's <laughs> what I'm hearing. <laughs> well, I mean, me me working there, yeah. I say, come on, man. I just picked the nights you're not there on purpose. Is Duff a yeah. good tipper? <laughs> no, he's, he's, he, he's okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Every, everybody in the brew crew is a great tipper. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they pay my rent. <laughs> I'll put it that way. They, they pay my rent. <laughs> But uh, but no, like like d- during the week, and, and that's why because I have certain folks, I have certain regulars that show up to the bar on a 
weekly basis. And when I say weekly, I mean during the week as well. Sure. And there's nothing wrong with that. Look, if, if, if that's what you do, you stop by the bar every day after work and have a beer or two. Hey, that's your prerogative. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the brew crew, yeah, they may show up on a Friday or Saturday night as a crew. They'll have a few beers. Everything's fine and dandy. But <laughs> I, I worry more about the people that show up four or five days a week, <laughs> which which is not them. <laughs> right. Because I do have those people that show up four or five days a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it usually takes like a, uh, if it's a rough day at work for Joanne or myself. And now that she drives by brew mm-hmm. on the way home, and kind of on the way home for me, it's, it's yeah. so, we'll just shoot a text. like. Oh, that's so easy. You drive yeah. by it. Ah, uh, let's swing in for one. Yeah, or I, I got to the point where I'm like, ah, traffic's a little bad up gun highway. I'm just going to turn in here. Wait, let it, yeah. <laughs> let it dissipate. Yeah. Well, see that that's that's the beauty of it too. Is is the majority of the brew crew? I know what they like to drink, so they don't yeah. even have to ask me yep. when they walk through the door. Of like, you know, they don't have to look over the board. I'll Ooh. just I'll just pour a beer for yeah. them, <laughs> you know, because I know what they like. Yeah. There was one day I ordered a flight of like dark beers. Oh, from I Austin. remember he looks this. At me, he's like, yeah. What the hell is wrong with you? Are you okay? <laughs> like, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was like, I was like, because, because, you know, so of course, you know, like, like Matt and JoJo and Andy and Bethany and, and, you know, everybody like, they're all from the Northeast. Like it's New England IPAs, hazy IPAs. And then when he sours came Sours for, Sours for Bethany. Then. Sours for Bethany. You're right. You're right. Sours for Bethany. And it was just like, he comes in that day and he's like, I'm going to get a flight and he orders more, mostly dark beers. I'm like, do we need to have a chat? Like, do we need to talk <laughs> over here? <laughs> What's going on? I'll tell you when I moved down here, that, that's what they drank. Because they drank, yeah. you know, stouts, porters, dark beers. He was like Guinness every fucking day. Really? When I moved down, yeah. I mean, I, I have a, I had a hazy IPA effect on a lot of people. Yeah. But that's all I would ever order and then usually try to force them to try it. Well, it's I have bad. a lot of friends even outside of, you know, you guys and work mm-hmm. people now that, that all we drink anywhere we go is hazy IPAs now. Yeah. Yeah, oh. I purposely I'll drink Guinness on certain nights just because it's only like four and a half percent, and light. it's one it's you can't crazy. like. I mean, you can't pound it like. Yeah, you can't get out of hand with Guinness, and you'd never yeah. know it by looking at it. But it's only like one hundred twenty yeah. calories. So and, and it, it's only like five five and a half percent or something. I think so it's it, less than that. It's, it's less, like it's, it's less than that. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. Plus, you had it in Ireland, so. Mm. It's true. Is it true that it's way better in Ireland than here? I, I honestly think it is. I, and you know what? I think it's the water we were talking about a little bit. I don't know if we're getting a little too inside baseball for no for man. That's beer. No, I was just talking about talking about beer um, making. But yeah, I think it, it's something in the water. It's smoother. It may even be lighter alcohol content over there, but it yeah. it goes down really easy down over there. No, cool. I, I I totally believe that uh, about because because I've heard the same thing uh, uh, with so many different people is that you know Guinness it, it's it's good over here. But if you have it over in Ireland, it is night and day how good the Guinness is over there. And, uh, you know, most of the Guinness that we get here in the States now, it's it's brewed. I believe they have a facility in Baltimore, and, and that's where most of the Guinness that we get in the States is brewed. Okay. And, listen, if you're going from Ireland to Baltimore, it's going to be different water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, In a different world. Right, right. And, and I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of breweries – well, not so much breweries, but – you know, me being a home brewer, I think that's the biggest thing that a bunch of home brewers do not pay enough attention to is the water of the beer, because that's what beer is. Beer is ninety percent water, you know. So, and that's the biggest thing. Putting impurities in it will mm. throw it off, and oh yeah. Impurities. And I can tell you firsthand. I've told the story on the podcast before. The first few times I came down to wa- to Florida and drank the water right out of the tap, mm-hmm. 
it tasted like just you were talking about cat piss earlier. Swamp water. Just <laughs> gross. Yeah. Well, it's, especially for a while, and man, I, I probably shouldn't know that. I don't know if they still do, but for a while here in here in the Tampa area, they would do they they were putting fluoride in the water. Hmm. Yeah. You know to, that would have an effect on the beer. I would have to imagine that would have a crazy effect on the yeah. beer. You know, and and that's the biggest reason I I don't use. Well, especially living up living up here in Odessa, I, I don't use water straight out of the well because I mean that water it, it can change on a daily basis. Sure. The biggest thing when it comes to brewing beer is consistency. Is you have the same numbers, you have the same water every single time, and and it's easier said than done most days. But if you want to create the same beer that you did two months ago, everything has to be exactly the same. Sure. And, and that's why you just you can't use city water. You can't use well water. Like you have mm-hmm. to use uh, water that is literally the same every single time and you build it to the water that you need it to be right you know and i'll say too to that point even professional breweries i've had their beer and then i've had another batch because it's all small batch and Mm -hmm. i've had their batch you know later on and then had another batch later on and i can pick out myself or not not pick out specifics but know that this isn't exactly the same as it was last right. time I had it. This is a little different. I've had batches where, you know, even Calusa, where it's like, mm-hmm. this is one of the best yeah, beers I've ever had. You said it last week, yeah. And then the next time I have it, it's like, okay, yeah, well, this is missing mm-hmm. that whatever. And and it's funny because th- there's definitely other outside factors that could affect that, you know, because um, a, a lot of breweries will use yeast that, that's house yeast, mm-hmm. you know, so it's the same every time. Mm-hmm. Not all breweries can do that. Um, so when it comes to like, for example, a place like Calusa, you know, they are top in Florida when it comes to hazy IPAs. Awesome. They, they are top in awesome. the world. Um, I would have to imagine that they are paying very close attention to their water. Mm-hmm. Now, unless they're using house yeast, they could use the same exact yeast they did last time that they're, you know, buying in bulk from one of these yeast companies, whoever it may be. And sometimes the strains can be just a hair different, and that will change the entire outcome of the beer. Right. You know, and, and that that's the, that that's why, you know, I, I say this all the time at the bar, because you know, obviously we only serve craft beer, mm-hmm. and everybody laughs and scoffs when somebody comes in and says, "Hey, I normally drink Bud Light. Can you recommend something for me?" And of course, we always have something on tap. The that, number one. <laughs> yeah, right. We we always have something on tap that if somebody comes in that they're a Bud Light drinker and. You know, I say, hey, you, you, well, <laughs> I won't even tell them. I'll say, I'm going to pour you this one. That, that's your beer. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot of respect for the bigger breweries, for Anheuser-Busch, for Miller Coors, for a lot of these guys, because it is so difficult to create the same exact beer over and over and over again on a million-gallon right. you know, basis. Yeah. And they're able to do it the same way every single time. It's it, it's They're also down to they have millions and I don't know, probably mm-hmm. hundreds of millions, I don't know. Millions and millions of dollars. They're down to the like micro right. level. Right. So right. it better be the same right. every time. And, and I'll tell you like <laughs> even even you know kind of uh getting to meet some local head brewers of breweries, owners, whatnot and uh and seeing the operations it, it you know it takes one guy to just get lazy for one day yeah. and then all of a sudden that you know 5000 gallon batch that you made it doesn't taste like the bud light that's in the store right now it's going to taste different mm-hmm. and guess what they have to dump that entire batch you know mm-hmm. 
And, and, and that's the thing is they don't just label it something else. No, they they, they honestly they <laughs> one won't. off. They honestly won't. <laughs> yes. And and that's why, like you know, I I, I tell everybody, I'm, you know, it's it, it's impressive what they do. Like Ooh. you have to give them some respect for what they do and sure. creating the same beer every single time. You know. So for you were talking about people that come in and say, I just I, I drink Bud Light. Mm-hmm. What do you got for me? Um, Calusa has one called Fridge Beer. Mm-hmm. That they make that's oh, yeah. like basically a, bu- yeah. a Bud Light kind of. So I ordered some of those for when all of our friends came down, and the first thing mm-hmm. I noticed that was gone was yep. the Calusa fridge beer was gone. Well, <laughs> and and that that's that's a big thing is is you know uh, mm. I, I think the ties are turning of course to where like craft beer is becoming more popular. Yeah, and, and more people are willing to try different styles of beer. They're not just like oh hey I only drink Bud Light, I only drink McUltra, I only drink Coors. Like you yeah. have something for me. You're starting to see more and more, especially people that are older than I'm, I'm 30. You know, you're starting to see people that are coming in their 40s, 50s, 60s that are like, I like IPAs, I like sours, I like uh, uh, stouts. You know, what mm-hmm. do you got for me? But you're, you're still going to get the people that come in that just want like, I only drink Bud Light. Yeah. And and it, it's every brewery I think that needs to succeed at least like in in the terms of having a successful tasting room, a tap house. You gotta have something for everybody, so you gotta have that light pilsner, that light American lager. So if somebody comes in, I only drink Bud Light. We got this for you. You have somebody, I only drink Yingling. Well, you need an amber ale. You need a red ale. You mm-hmm. need to have something for them. And and that's why I feel like a lot of these new breweries that are opening up, although they'll 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 be fine, they'll succeed, but you need something for everybody. Sure. Um, a, a place like Calusa which they specialize in hazy IPAs. They're so well now, known now for their hazy IPAs that they're going to succeed no matter what. Right. Because, like, hell, I, I went to Sarasota three weeks ago, and I ha- I left. I was there for a wedding. I left the wedding party. I said, hey, I'm going to see you guys later. I got to go to Calusa. Yeah. You know, because somebody like me, I'm like, I got to go have their hazies while I'm here. Right. But for a lot of the locals, they may not necessarily do that. They, they need people that are going to sit at their bar. You know, they, they need 30, 40, 50 people that are going to come through the door every day. And so they need a Pilsner. They yeah. need something They need like a rotation exactly, of different yeah. things. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't have somebody walk in, walk out, never come back again. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and that's the big – because if you – especially if you get a big group in, you, you see yeah. somebody – six, eight people walk through the door as a group. Like if, if everybody in that group does not have something that they like on tap, they're having one beer and they're moving on to the next. Yep. But if you have something they like, they may hang out there for four hours. They're going to ring up a two hundred and something dollar tab, mm-hmm. and that's going to that's going to pay for your expenses for the day. Yeah. And so that's why it's so important now. I think, and and I think a lot of breweries kind of miss on that. And there, there's there's nothing wrong with having a specialty. Like you you're you specialize in hazy IPAs. You specialize in sours. You specialize in dark beers. But you gotta have something, a pilsner on tap. Mm-hmm. You, you gotta have yep. a red ale on tap. You gotta have something for everybody. Absolutely. Just because of that, you know. Right. So that, that, that's my thought. Because, because <laughs> like my big thing is, n- nobody is going to become what Cigar City is. Uh, like I, I don't think that's gonna happen. Cigar City, you know, you talk about like a Sierra Nevada, a New Belgium, a Stone Brewing. Like nobody is gonna get to that level again. All the breweries that are opening up now, basically what they're doing, in my opinion, is they're taking over a neighborhood bar setting. 
So, like, where you used to have a neighborhood bar where, you know, you go get a couple of Bud Lights, you go get a couple of Yinglings, you get uh, Jack and Coke, whatever. That's what breweries that are opening up now, especially here in Tampa, are doing. They're just becoming the neighborhood bar. And if you're going to become the neighborhood bar, you've got to have something for everybody. Right. Just to keep those people coming back three, four times a week. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that, that's, that's what I think it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think uh, Treehouse is kind of they're they'll, they're going to be that level or bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They haven't stopped growing. No, and they're not going to either. Well, and, and especially you know, like, in, but they're rare for sure. Right, and and to kind of make like the uh, the transition into like the whole water deal when, when it comes to brewing, the, the the breweries from the Northeast are, in my opinion, the first ones that really set the standard for that. So when when, when we talk about like how important the water is for beer, you know. A lot of the bigger breweries, they don't necessarily need it. You know, you, you talk you talk about like a Sierra Nevada. Um, you know the beers that they make, they're they're all relatively similar with the IPAs. When, when you talk about pale ale, you talk about torpedo, you talk about like their their staple beers. They're they're relatively similar. The only thing they're changing in them is the hops that they use. So it's changing the flavor a little bit, a little bitterness here, a little bitterness there. Hazy IPAs were the first beer style, in my opinion, where people really started paying attention to why the hell are they making this IPA in the Northeast and we can't figure it out? Mm. Like, why can we not make this beer in California? Why can we not make this beer in Texas? Right. What are they doing different? And I think it finally came about. It's like, oh, it's the water. It's the water that they're using, which the, that is the water that they just have natural to them. Something I mentioned earlier, it's the same reason that pizza and bagels, you know, like you go to New York, you go, you go to these places in the Northeast, the pizza and bagels is so much better up there than you're going to get anywhere else in the country. Mm-hmm. Well, why is that? The reason being is that the water that they're using to create that tastes so much better than anywhere else in the country. Once people started figuring that out, it's like, oh, it's the same thing with the beer. Mm-hmm. That that's why is they the water that they're using up there. So people started trying to figure out the chemical compound of the water, which you can do now. Now that people have figured it out, and hell, I, I'm listen. I'm telling you, when, when I make hazy IPAs, uh, it, it's it's about four or five different salts and chemical compounds that you have to add to the water to get that same water profile. And then the beer is going to taste like a hazy. Mm-hmm. But if you don't do that, it's not going to taste like a hazy. Do you that think the water has anything to do with why we can't get good Chinese food? It could. <laughs> I was just going to say when he was mentioning good <laughs> pizza could. and bagels. <laughs> yeah. Can't get good, uh, like the Chinese food up there is amazing. And we just don't have that down here. I'm, I'm telling you, like, that, that it's just, it's one of those things that people just did not pay attention to at first. Yeah. Like, who, no reason who would, to. Who would have thought? It's like, okay, so we have our water. But it's all about the grains, the hops, and the yeast that we're adding to this beer, which creates the beer. No. You know, 90-plus percent of the beer uh, is water. That's where the flavor is coming from. It, it's, it's what creates the body. It's what creates the, the initial flavor profile. And so once other states started figuring that out, like, uh, there's there's a brewery. I remember I, I used to listen to a podcast way back in the day. It was a, a brewery out of California called Monkish Brewing. Mm-hmm. They were one of the first people outside of the Northeast that started creating the hazy IPAs and to, that tasted like they're from the Northeast. 
and they kept it quiet for a while because they were one of the first <laughs> yeah. ones that realized it's the water. It's Ooh, the water yeah, that they're they had using. a whole region just yeah. to dominate. Yeah, before, yeah, exactly. Like, like we can create a beer that tastes like a treehouse beer in California. Like, don't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, keep, keep yeah. this quiet. Keep it quiet. Don't tell no one. But I mean, now, now, like, pretty much all the all the home brewers uh, and and professional brewers like know this now. So it's it's like if you really want to dive deep into creating good beers you have to start with a good water profile yeah. like that's the number one thing and that's the number one thing that i see a lot of home brewers do that that they just they don't pay enough attention to is that they just don't pay enough attention to the water yeah you know and and you'll make mediocre decent beer drinkable exactly, exactly. you can be proud yeah. of it still mm-hmm. it's still a beer you can still drink it there's nothing wrong with it mm-hmm. but it's never going to be great until you right. get into that level Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I mean, you, you look at you look at something along the lines of like if if you're if you're making pasta at home, right? You're boiling the pasta. Well, if that pasta water is shit water, beer's not or the, the pasta's not going to turn out good. <laughs> you know, I have to salt my pasta water. <laughs> right. I never thought of that. All right. Like you know, it's like it's like you have like you, you're not like you got to look at the right areas. You mm. know and. I think that's what that's what changed a lot of people. Like when like, oh, this is how they're making these amazing hazy IPAs. It's, right. it's all in the water. It's all in the water. It's all in the water, man. I wish we had good water here, but we do not. No, we don't. We don't. That's why. That's <clears throat> and why you should know. You're that, you've, you're right. born and raised here, right? Right, and 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 that's why. Like I, I don't. I do not use water off the tap to make beer. I don't use it out of the hose, which unfortunately. Do you ever drink it just out of the, off the tap? I don't anymore. Always I've, filter I've got, through uh, the fridge uh, or I have got I've got a little Brita pitcher filter safe, thing. Yeah. Like I that that's that's what I use. And and look, I grew up, man, I used to drink water out of the sprinkler, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like it, it doesn't it doesn't bother me to drink that type of water. But you know, I'm like, well, yeah, I've got they've got these filters and everything now, like the water tastes so much better. I'm like, yeah, let me let me drink some of that. Yeah, let me just know? drink that instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so born and raised in Florida. Um, we mentioned briefly earlier you went to Florida State. I did. Went yeah. to Florida State. Any? Uh, when did you? When were you in, in Florida State? So I was there from 2012 to 2016. Okay. So my technically my first full year at Florida State, we won the national championship. Football, James Winston. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And we were super excited when when he. So th- literally, I graduated the same year that he did, and then he was drafted by the Bucks first overall, and I was super excited for it. But we all know how that turned out. <laughs> <laughs> we need a Tom Brady, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of teams could use a Tom mm. Brady. Did um, you go to a lot of games while you're there? I did, yeah. So I I, I went to a lot of games, but I also worked. Uh, I I was like a shift manager at the closest restaurant which 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 was a pizza place um uh right near the stadium we were the closest restaurant to the stadium so i went to a lot of games but at the same time we would also have twenty thousand dollars in sales in a single day working at a pizza place so (laughs) i had to work a lot of the games as well but it's funny so it kind of actually kind of goes back so the place that i worked at um it was Right in College Town at Florida State, you know, it's we're, we're talking maybe three, four hundred yards away from the stadium. And the place was called Brooklyn Water Bagel, and it was a Brooklyn place that Water Brooklyn Bagel. Water Bagel. There you go. 
Exactly. It's all coming and together. It's all coming together. And, and like, the signs were there. I'm telling you, like, we specialized in, you know, breakfast sandwiches, of course, with bagels, and pizza that we would make there as well. And we actually had this reverse osmosis system inside of the restaurant that would take the Tallahassee city water, break it down into RO water, and then it would get built back up to be like broken water. And that we would make our bagels and our pizza dough out of the water relatively similar to what they had in Brooklyn. That's kind of like when it all clicked when I started brewing when I was like, oh, wow, like we used to do this at the pizza place that I worked at in college. There must be something to this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's kind of where it started for me with like the whole water deal. Coming back from our break a little bit, but as we mentioned, Austin is our, I think his his name in our fantasy golf league is best brew tender. So I <laughs> you're, think you're not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's <a> self-proclaimed. <laughs> so can't, you is. can't give yourself your own nickname, but no, I, well, <laughs> Come on. I, I mean, would you guys not agree? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, he, didn't, he didn't agree. <laughs> no, I don't. He, no, he did not agree. Did you see that? Did you see Austin's. that? He did Whoa. not agree. I was, trying wow. to think of, I was trying to think of some asshole thing to say, and I, I stopped. Oh, man. So, that's, um, that's disappointing. We, I mean, we, we've had some, definitely had some fun stories. Yeah. Over when, when did you start? Uh, how, how long ago did you start there at Brew? Is it 2019? So it, it was 2019 when I officially started there. And uh, it's it's kind of funny how I started there. There's there's a little bit of a story of why I started there. I I, I was working a full time job, and uh, I, I I was kind of looking forward into the future a little bit about what I wanted to do, and and so when when I started working at Brew, um, I was working a full time job doing that on the weekends, and. Basically, what it boiled down to was, um, number one, you know, having a little extra cash on the weekends didn't hurt. But the main thing was is my goal was to open up my own bar at some point. Right. Uh, which it, it essentially is still kind of where I'm at. But that idea has kind of changed over the last couple of years. So so I, I, I've worked a lot in hospitality. Uh, most of my work history has been restaurants, been in bars, you know, been doing all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to kind of get a side of the business that I didn't know, which was bartending. I had never been a bartender before. So I started working there just to kind of get an idea of that side of the business. I I wanted to know what it was like being a bartender because I had served before, but it's a little bit of a difference when it comes to bartending because when you're a server, you can walk away for a while. Bartending... You've got your people sitting at the bar that you have to deal with all night. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a whole different side of things. So I kind of wanted to get an idea of how that, would, how that would go. And it was a learning process of dealing with people that you don't necessarily like, but you've got to be their friend for about three, four hours. Sure. Um, I also, I, I was just at the time kind of really getting into craft beer. So I figured that was a good job to kind of broadened my horizons on craft beer. You know, I was only drinking IPAs. I was only drinking reds or browns or, you know, lighter stuff. Sure. And I was like, you know, this would be a good job for me to have because I'm going to be surrounded by beers at all times. I'm going to be tasting them, and then I also have to give the customers kind of a description of every beer because everybody asks about every beer. It's like, tell me about that sour. Tell me, tell me about that Saison. Tell me, you know, tell me about that one. 
And so I wanted to get better at being able to do that. So I took that job as well for that. Um, I didn't expect when I started working there that it was going to move into a full-time job. I didn't realize how much I missed working in hospitality. Sure. <laughs> you know, even though it, it's kind of a pain sometimes, you know, late nights, long hours and all that kind of stuff, but I didn't realize how much I was going to miss doing it. And so I really like liked working it, but working there as much as I did and learning as much as about craft beer, I got into home brewing. And my idea of owning my own bar at some point turned into homebrewing, which has now turned into, I'd like to open up my own brewery someday. And I, I feel like working, working there has been, you know, a, a catalyst where I want to be at some point because I've learned so much about beer in, in a broad sense. And it, it, it's just, it's, it's become this thing where people come to the bar and they actually, they know me, they rely on me. They say, Hey, you know what I like. What beer do you? What, what, what beer would you suggest for me? And I say you're gonna like this one. You're gonna like that one. You know. And have it, you ever been dead wrong? A couple times. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I have been wrong before, but typically it's only in the situations where I don't really know the person very well, mm-hmm. and so they'll come in and say, "Well, I like Blue Moon." It's like, okay, so you like wheat beers. They don't know what the hell a wheat beer is. Right. They just know they like blue. That's a good assumption on your part. Right, right. And they just don't realize they like it because there's a lot of orange in Blue Moon. They just like a citrus forward beer. So there's been times where somebody come in like I, I normally drink Blue Moon. You know, I say, Okay, we'll try this wheat beer and they taste it and they go, Oh God, no. And I say, Okay, so you like citrus forward. Funny enough, I'll give them a hazy IPA. And they go, no, I don't drink IPAs. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. They'll try this one. They'll try it, and of course, hazy IPA. It's very citrus, very grapefruit, whatever you want to say forward. Sure. And they try it, and they go, oh, my God, that's really good. And I was like, welcome to craft beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, say, I say welcome to the family. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that's essentially what it's become over the last couple of years is now it's now it's like, man, I, I started brewing myself. I like brewing, and, you know, humbly, I, I feel like I make good beers, and I'm like, you know, maybe this is another side of things that I never thought about before. Maybe I can open up my own brewery someday. And where are you at on like a, a timeline of, of that? Are you, is it a thing where it's acquiring equipment or is it? it you know, it's, it, it's, it's very interesting. And c- kind of, kind of the main thing that it started with was uh, back in, back in uh, September of last year, I won my first homebrew competition. Nice. And as soon as I did that, I started having people come out of the woodworks being like, Hey, when you want to open up a brewery, I'll, you know, I'll be an investor. I'll be, you know, just let me know when you want to open up a place. It'll be all under me. You don't have to worry about money, blah, blah, blah. Like I'll just, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll open it up together. I don't really like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like more the idea of if I'm going to open up a brewery, I own the place. I have the say in the beers that go out because I've seen it too many times. Breweries open up and they like whoever owns the place says like you know oh this is a good beer we should put this out and i'll say no it's not what i was going for i don't like it i want to dump it and they go no no we can make money off of this I'm like that's not that's not what i'm going for that, yeah. that's that's not and and so that that's why i'm a little hesitant to 
do something like take on investors. So, I, I mean, relatively, I, I could have opened up a brewery last year. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I don't want to do that. I, I, I just, if I'm going to, if I'm going to, have somebody be the money man behind me it's going to be because we are going to be known for putting out good beers i don't want to put out a beer just because we spent money on it and i want to they want to get a return on it and if we can't get a return then they're like ah nah like if if you're not going to make money off of this i don't want anything to do with you if you're putting out a product that's your blood sweat and tears right you want that control to what goes out has my stamp on it right that's what i want and, and that's that. That's probably the biggest thing is is I don't want to ever have a beer on tap in my place that somebody says, this is bad. Mm. Like, I, I can see certain beers people try and say, like, oh, that's not my thing. But as far as having a beer where somebody legitimately says, I like a hazy IPA, this is a bad hazy IPA. Mm. That will never be on tap at a place that I open. Right. So that's why... When I do eventually open up my own place, it's going to be my decision what beers go on tap and which beers don't, sure. and and that's that's like a big thing to me, mm-hmm. and I, and that's a big thing about me kind of working at Brew and seeing the general consensus of what people like, what people drink, and what certain beers that I don't necessarily like because that's another big thing, is I, I drink every style of beer, but. There, there are certain times when I get a beer on tap at Brew, and I don't necessarily like it. I, I, I think they could have done a better job with this. They could have done the flavor better. They, I mean, for the style that they're going for, it could be a lot better. Mm-hmm. But they are like, it's good enough, and people at the bar drink it, and they like it. I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. I, 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 my thing is, you know, if we're going for a certain style, I want it to taste like that style. I wanted to I, every flavor that I'm saying this beer has, you're gonna taste every single one of those flavors. Right. And I don't know. I'm I'm a little more peculiar, a little more particulate when it comes to certain beers. But I just I I I, I want to come out being having some of the best beers in Tampa. Absolutely, of course, yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, don't settle. Um, yeah. So at Brew. Um, yeah, you also have the front end of the, yeah. the spectrum here that you have to deal with, uh, not deal well. with, but you have to cater to the individuals, not only their taste, but their uh, actions and behaviors. <laughs> well, and, and, and honestly, to me, that, may, that makes it more fun for me, yeah. is what, what, one, of the, one of the funnest things that I get to do is brew where we're located is we get more regulars than we do newcomers. And although it's fun to kind of get the newcomers that come in. Um, I I like more often to get the regulars that come in and I know what they drink and I don't even give them a choice. I say, don't even look at the menu. I know what you're going to have. This is what you're going to want. Right. And and, and that's the majority is, you know, I I know you've heard quite a few of the regulars. uh, We call call them brew crew. You know, I'm sure that (laughs) word's come up before, that phrase has come up before. Oh, yeah. But we have the brew crew that comes in and I know what everybody drinks in the brew crew, so I won't even tell them what's on tap. I'll say, like, you're going to like this one. You're going to drink this one. And that just kind of furthers the idea of I know what people like. I know what people drink. And everybody's to an extent different. Matt and Andy 
and a lot of the other <laughs> folks like it's hazy IPA. It's easy enough. Hey, <laughs> so I, have a, like, I have a growler of red ale in there, so I listen, <laughs> like, listen. You, you, I'm just doing stuff to throw you off. That's yeah, it. I'm telling you, you surprised me in the past when you walked in with that, or, and you wanted that flight of dark beers. You you threw me off like crazy <laughs> when when you wanted that. Yeah, but it, it it is it is fun. That that's that's part of the fun of it is you get people into the bar and. Uh, number one, the people that don't know they like craft beer, and you find something that they like. And number two, people say like, "Oh no, I only drink High Lie." All right, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like High Lie is a staple IPA for Tampa. Sure, it's like I will never have High Lie on tap because you can get it everywhere. But I say, well, if you like High Lie, try this one. They try that one, maybe they're like, "Ah, eh, it's okay." It's like, well, try this one. And they try that one, and you're like, "Oh, damn, that's good." I'm like, well, now, now I feel good for the night. Right. I'm like I, I I did my job. I did my job, and and I, I you know, I, I can I I can sleep well tonight knowing that I figured out what beer that per that particular person likes, and you know it, I I put that into my brewing too, and and figuring out you know certain beers that people like, especially when it comes to people that don't necessarily know craft beer very much. But they know what styles they like, and they know what flavors they're looking for. Mm. And I'm able to make a beer. And so I go to a beer fest, and, you know, maybe I don't have the craziest beer there. I mean, hell, I was I was at a beer fest this past weekend where somebody made Malamar Stout. You know, it's literally they use Malamar cookies where I don't even know where you find those anymore. <laughs> and they made a stout with it, and everybody loved that beer. But a lot of people had IPAs on tap. IPAs sucked. <laughs> I'll be the first one to say it. Yep. The, the IPAs were not good. But if I can have an IPA on tap where I know that people are going to come up there and drink it and go, oh, wow, that's a good IPA. Like, well, there you go. I can sleep tonight. <laughs> so have you ever had, and I know with it mm-hmm. being a business and yours as a homebrew, have you ever had the ability or option to put one of your beers on tap at brew? I, I have. I have. And there's only been one situation because technically it's a home brewer and we fight for it every year to make it to where home brewers can in a sense sell their beer you know just do like it, it, it's it's a law that tries to get passed in tallahassee every year it all it always gets killed in the house never happens but technically i cannot sell any of my beer anywhere it's illegal for me to sell my beer okay but the beer festival that I won uh, late last year, part of me winning that festival was I was able to brew my beer at the brewery that it was being held at. So we went from uh, brewing a five-gallon batch, which was all that beer was that I won with, to we brewed a 43-gallon batch of it at the brewery. Mm-hmm. And so they put it on top of the brewery, and then we were also through distribution, which don't get me started on distribution in the state of Florida. But we got it to the point where, you know, through distribution, we could get that beer on tap in my place, too. And we were able to put it on tap. And it was the first time I was able to have my beer on tap at my bar where I could actually legally sell it. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, I I was able to win the competition with that beer. And at the same time, I was able to charge people to drink one of my beers, which... It's a good it, feeling, huh? It, it's a good feeling, but it's also a very nervous feeling. No. I, I'm telling you, I'm telling if you. If you got like, that confidence, man, I make beer as good as anyone. Yeah. You know? You know, and, and that, well, that's that's the tough part about it is, is is being able to produce a beer that you think people are going to like. Yeah. Because, and now face-to-face with them, you have to see, do they like it? 
That's the thing is, <laughs> why'd you point at me? Like, well, I just they, mean you'd be one of the guys uh, yeah. in there drinking yep. it. I don't there, know. There's too much that goes on, and and uh, I, I told uh, my buddy Jason and my buddy Phil, who who just got into cra- uh, uh, home brewing. <laughs> is that the first time we brought him up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. he's ready to go. Um, so they got in. They got into brewing themselves, and and I told them, I've told them explicitly, is that the biggest thing, especially with home brewing, is you are never going to think that a beer that you brewed is good enough. You know, you, you're always going to taste a beer and say, I could do this better. Mm-hmm. That there's something about this beer that I can make it better. I can make it closer to what the people are looking for. So to that respect, the one that you brewed at 43 gallons mm-hmm. in another, other equipment, other people's equipment in another brewery, mm-hmm. how did you feel it came out? I was a little nervous still. Okay. <laughs> I was I was a little nervous still because... Uh, again, it, it came out just like I had brewed it. You know, it, it came out just like I figured. And again, it, it, it was awarded first place, but I just, I still feel like it could be better. Like, Did you give them the recipe? Did they brew oh, it for absolutely. you? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. They invited us out. My dad and I, we, we went out there and, and we brewed it together with them. Mm-hmm. And so we were there for the whole brew day. And I mean, we essentially were the head brewers that day, you know, like at certain times during the brew days. That you know, the head brewer would ask us like, "Hey, did you add this in here?" And I said, "No, you know, it's we got another five minutes till this needs to go in. We got this until this needs to go in. Yada yada." And it's just it's still and and I have to imagine that most professional brewers probably get the same thing too. Is where it's like, this beer is not good enough. Like I can do better, but then you get everybody that says this is one of the best beers I've ever had. And everybody that comes up to you and says that, you go, you're lying to me. <laughs> I was like, I don't believe you. <laughs> Did they all know it was your beer before they tried it? Uh, no. Okay, so then <laughs> no, they're not they, lying they, to you. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and well, at, when it was on tap at Brew, they did. Okay. Um, the judges at the Beer Fest, they, they didn't know. They, they didn't know. But that, that's the big thing, like, like kind of what you're alluding to there, is, is when it went on tap at Brew, they did know it was my beer. Gotcha. And so at that point, yeah, everybody that came up and said, man, this is really good, I said, I, I don't believe you. <laughs> like, I, I think you're lying to me. I think you're just saying that because I'm standing right here and you're saying this is a really good beer. Right. But it, it's just this mental thing where it just it puts you in this place where I can do better. I can do better. So anybody that says that this beer is good, nah, that's not true. Good. That's not true. You're lying. <laughs> you know, it's, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, by the way, I love that this started out as like, hey, you work at Brew, right? <laughs> now we're talking about this whole deal. But, uh, but yeah, no, like working at Brew has been, it's been a lot of fun and it's been more fun with the people that I've met uh, working at Brew. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a lot of fun when they all come in together. <laughs> Some nights, some nights, some of them are a little drunk. Some nights, some I was nights, actually, yeah, I, I wrote that down. Drunk. Like, I think you're able to see the drunk tells too. From the other uh, side of the bar, you have to stay, you know, relative. You have to stay professional. Well, when it when it comes to, when it comes to you guys coming into the bar, <laughs> I know better than probably your spouses when <laughs> when you guys are actually drunk because I, you know, I, I've I've spent so much time around you at the bar. And, and the biggest thing is, like, working at the bar is it can be a difference of one beer. Like, they can be fine, and then they have one more beer, and all of a sudden, uh-oh, we got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Cross but, that threshold. Right, right. And with them, I, I you know, because they always come up with, with, with their spouses. They, you know, they, they're always 
carpooling together. So it's not a big deal when they come up and somebody or two people or three people are drunk. It's not a big deal. I don't have to worry about. They them. have a driver. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, it's something I, I I never have to worry about. But uh, but no, it, uh, probably the funnest part about it is the fact that they they've been around for uh, some funny weird stories and situations that have happened like uh so matt and phil uh were <laughs> so matt and phil were, were in the bar one night it was, a, it was an extremely slow night so like the, the craziest stories i have at the bar typically include somebody just being hammered that had to be kicked out and you know nobody likes to be cut off and kicked out of a bar but that happens Sorry, Duff. <laughs> no, 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 no. He, he. Th- that did not happen with them. That was in St. Augustine. Come on, and that <laughs> yeah. wasn't even my. That wasn't even my no, that fault. Andy's that was Andy's fault. fault. And nobody was drunk. <laughs> oh man, I was even... dead. So, oh, we'll tell you that later. I haven't even heard this story. We'll talk oh, about that. Boy, um, it was told on the podcast, so yeah. we don't have to talk about it again. But no, so we we probably outside of just somebody being too drunk. The the craziest story that's ever happened. Matt was there, and and Phil was there that night. We get this uh, this gentleman. In, in the bar one night. He originally comes in wearing jeans and a wife beater t- uh, shirt. <laughs> and I don't want to make assumptions, but it seemed like the woman that he walked in with was a lady of the evening. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it I'll put it that way. She she seemed like a lady of the evening yeah. and you know it just uh, met her. Uh, up up in our uh, up in our little uh, little old town of Odessa. Neck we, of the woods, yeah. We, we don't typically get things like that going so anyway, they walk in, and they initially put up the biggest red flag that I get, and they go, what's the highest alcohol beer you have on tap? <laughs> because normally that's a big red flag when somebody walks in and asks that. So anyway, they you know they get their beer. They go over. Well, no, no, no. Wait a second, because mm-hmm. there's a part of this where they ask you what the highest alcohol content is, and you didn't say the that's highest. That's right. That's right. You're right. You're and right. Phil looks over and goes, no, nope, yeah. no, the 11's <laughs> higher content. So like, yeah, that's <laughs> like right. I was Austin lying. made sure that he didn't tell the the strongest beer. On that's that. right. And I Phil, was I was lying. Corrected I was him. lying to them. Yeah. And then you see uh, Austin just looks over at Phil and I like, what gave the him fuck, a, guys. Gave him. A, I gave Phil a death stare. Yeah, because because I I could tell that they were probably going to be a problem as as soon as they walked in, and yeah, they asked and and Phil like. Typical Phil. He's like, oh no no no, you like you yeah. want that one over there. You want the Imperial style over there. <laughs> so so anyway, they 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 get that beer. <laughs> they they end up going with that, and they go and sit in our kind of like little secondary a loungy area, loungy area. dining room. There is a the couch. <laughs> There's a couch. To the point where I almost even forgot they were over there, and uh, so we're we're over there. Matt, uh, me, Matt, and uh, Phil are just kind of hanging out talking, and then they come back around. And their their glasses are empty, and uh, they're like they need you know probably they need another beer or whatever. At this point, again, I'm nervous about serving them because I mean we're close to closing time at this point. The guy walks out of the bar. He walks out the front door, goes out of the parking lot. All right, <laughs> which is weird. He well, this come, time he went out the front door. Uh, we'll, we'll preface he, that. <laughs> he goes out the front door, and he goes out the front door. I assume to go to his his car. He comes back in and again reminds you when he walked in the first time he was wearing jeans with a wife beater. He comes back in the bar. The wife beater is gone now, and he's just wearing like a trench coat. <laughs> no, it was a suit jacket. <laughs> or like a suit jacket. Yeah. He's now, no shirt under it. No shirt under it. He's now just wearing a suit jacket. Comes back into the bar, and at this point we're all 
trying to laugh about it, but not in front of them because it is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And so we're all laughing about it. And uh, I, I think they get like a like another beer. They they go for yeah. like a wheat or something. They go for something a little lower ABV. And I said, okay, you, get, you know, one more beer. But I told them like, hey, we're closing soon, so I'm gonna, you know, this is the last beer, unfortunately. Yada yada. So they have that, and again, they're they're being they're they're being the weirdest thing, and they they become best friends with or. Uh, we're just kind of egging him on just was, to make it more awkward. I want to say his name was James or something. <laughs> I, I don't but uh, but yeah, they, they they they're egging them on, but at the same time becoming like friends with them. They're having a conversation. <laughs> Phil and Matt are they're like they're having a conversation. And uh, so anyway, they, they you know they they finish their beer. Thank God they leave. Like they're gone. Well, we thought they left. <laughs> we thought they left. And it's like okay, thank God they're gone now. I don't have to worry about them. I would say a good half hour yeah, to half 45 hour. minutes later, hour, at, yeah, least, at least, we have a back door to the bar, too. The guy comes back in the back door, just randomly walks in, and is like, hey, can, uh, can, uh, can I get another beer or something? I was like, no, man, we're, we're shut down. He goes, yeah, I've just been playing with the cats out back. Because there's yeah. a bunch of stray cats that live near our dumpsters out back of the place. <laughs> he goes, I, I've been playing with the cats out back, man. Like, they're they're... Like they're a lot of fun. Like you I think know, you yeah. discovered you looked out the back door, like, and you saw him playing yeah. near the dumpsters with cats. What, by the way, woman's gone. Whoa, oh, woman, yeah, yeah, woman's gone now. She, she's gone. She's she's completely gone. Rightfully so. He's out back and, playing with cats. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna go. Yeah. Well, we thought he left 45 minutes ago, and he, he like he's just out back, like hanging out with the stray yeah. cats out back. And and so <laughs> he took a picture of the menu. Guys, this place is cool. Yeah. You guys, you guys have a card, yeah. and Austin's like, eh, I don't know if you said you did or you didn't. But then he takes a picture of the menu with his yeah. phone, and then he he leaves, and we never see him again. Yeah. So Austin then locks the back door, and where <laughs> Phil and I were sitting, I can lean back and see the back door, and Austin's behind the bar. You can't see it. So like after about five minutes goes by, I just like like look over to Austin with this feared look in my eye. I'm like. He's at the back door again. <laughs> I was just and kidding. He wasn't. But he's like, going to kill us. Again. And I was going to say, like, as a bartender, that scares the shit out of me. Because now I'm like, oh, no. Like, I'm going to have to deal with this guy again. Like, he's becoming more and more of a problem. Oh, <laughs> I find out. He's like, he's just pulling a, pulling a joke on me. Yes. Like, like with that. Yeah, and now that guy's a regular. He's part of the brew crew. But, well, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, ne- never saw the guy again. But... So Matt had come straight from work that night. Oh, yeah. So when that guy was finally set and gone and he left, Matt was was in a suit when he walked in. He was just in, like, suit pants and a, and a button-down shirt. I already know where this goes. So after this guy is finally gone, he leaves. Matt goes out to his car, takes off his shirt, puts on a suit jacket, and walks back in the bar. <laughs> Classic so now, tough move. So now he's sitting in the bar wearing nothing but a suit jacket and and. Uh, that's a good picture pants. of that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Phil and I. Oh man, we gotta get we gotta. You got that picture? It's somewhere around. Oh, I need that picture. Send it. Somebody we'll, took we'll it. It wasn't me who took it. <laughs> I'm gonna put it on the Brew uh, Facebook page. There you go. <laughs> Send it to me too. We'll uh, put yeah. it in the post with all the other pictures we sent out. Oh, Court, not next koozie. <laughs> yeah, next koozie. There you go. <laughs> oh man, uh, but yeah. Hey, that, that's the thing is like you know everybody has like crazy stories about bartending, but relative, I, I really don't have that many crazy stories. It's just such a small town, you know. There's yeah. not a lot that goes on there. That's probably the. Cra- oh wait, hold on. No, I got one more. It's a quick one and one that just pissed me off. So so I've been working there for four years. 
the only other time that, and it's still the only time that I almost ever went off on a customer. Like I, I was this close to just like, fuck my job. I'm just going to go off on this guy. So I get this guy in the bar one time and, you know, he gets his first beer. We get some people every now and again, including like, like brew crew especially. They're like, hey, just use the same glass. Like when I go to refill mm-hmm. them another beer. Uh, we, we don't do that. Uh, you know, it's always a new glass. It's always, you know, fresh, clean, you know, yada, yada. I get this guy in here, and, and he had an accent to him. He was a, he was a foreign dude. Uh, I'm standing near the taps, and he goes, hey, let me get another one. I said, yeah, I got you. And I grab a new glass, and he, he said, oh, no, no, just use, you, you know, use the same glass I'm using. And I said, ah, don't worry about it. I'll just I'll use a fresh glass for you. Because technically, we're not supposed to use glasses again. Mm-hmm. It's like a health code thing. Like, we're supposed to use new glasses. But, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm already standing over there. I said, ah, no, don't worry about it, man. I'm, I'll just I'll, I'll use a fresh glass for you. So I pour his beer and I bring it back over to him. And when I go to put it on the bar top right next to him, he, like, leans in and essentially, like, grabs my hand as, as, I'm, as I'm leaning into him. And he goes, here's the deal. And <laughs> as soon as he said that, like, all right, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> he goes... Now, the reason I wanted you to use the same glass is because every time you clean this, it puts, like, cleaning solution on the glass, and it affects the flavor of the beer. So if I get another one, I want you to use my same glass. I was this close. I was this close to going off on this dude and just telling him, all right, well, if you want another if you want another beer, get the fuck out of my bar, and yeah. you can go somewhere go else. Get it somewhere else. Yeah. And, and it's just funny because, like, the glasses that we use, the sanitizer that we use, it's like everything's clean and fresh every time we use it. There's no cleaning solution. I don't know what damn European country he came from where, <laughs> like, he's like, oh, yeah, maybe they're using, like, Dawn dish soap. And it, like, that, the beer tastes like Dawn dish soap. But he, he just he gave me that shit about, no, like, next time you pour a beer, you're going to use the same glass. And it's like, I just so bad wanted to be, like, you don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I was like, you're in my bar right now. <laughs> you know? What like, did you actually say to him? Uh, so, Especially when he puts his hand on you. I'd be like, excuse so me. He had, he had two women with him. And when he did that, both women like kind of grabbed him, said, like, stop. Like, like stop. This has happened don't, before. Don't do yeah, He's probably, yeah, I, he's I, I probably an you. asshole and he's drunk. I, I guarantee you. I yeah. bet you. Like, he's probably done that before. And so, like, both went, like, like, stop doing it. I walked to the back. I took a breather. And I came back out. And they closed out and left. Hmm. So, like, that's how that situation ended. Okay. But in, in four years that I've been working at the bar, that was the closest hmm. I've ever come to what I would say is a breaking character, mm. like of me being a bartender and, you know, not, not so much that I put on like a facade when it's like serving people. Right. But that was almost the first time I broke character and was like, get the fuck out of my bar right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like that was the closest I ever came. <laughs> yeah, and working at a bar and people drinking, you definitely mm. can get some assholes. I'm mm-hmm. sure you come across. But, well, uh, and, and, and it, it's funny too. Like that's that's the biggest problem is, and and, and I'm, you know, I'm a I'm a, I, I want to say victim, but a suspect of it too, is when you're drunk, you don't know you're drunk half the time, you know. So you you think you're being funny, you think you're being cool, mm. but in reality, the bartender is sober and the one serving yep. you. Yeah. And they're like, there's so many times when people think that I'm not paying attention, but I'm listening to every conversation. Even if my back's yeah. turned, I'm listening to every conversation that's going on in the bar. I can hear what you're talking about. 
And if it starts turning into something that I'm like, okay, that person may be a little bit intoxicated, I'm listening to that. Right. And the number one thing that people cannot stand is being cut off. Like, that is the number one thing. And to me, like, because, you know, it hasn't happened a lot more recently, but there's been a couple of times when I've been at bars and I'm like, oh, man, I've had too much to drink. I need to go home. A lot of people don't Don't have have that little voice in their head that tells them that, you know, and and that's when it that's when it becomes a problem. That's when it becomes a problem. And people don't like to hear that they've been cut off. It's not so much that they don't want another beer, you know, half the time they're like, oh, I'm hammered and I'm on my last beer. I'm good. Right. But it's just like the authority of saying, like, you can't have somebody telling you. Right. And that's where it becomes an issue. Right. You know, especially when their friend is like, hey, let me get two uh, IPAs. I'm like, well, who's the second one going to? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no, I'm just going to drink two of them. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> well, then come back and get this after. Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell like, like, if that second IPA goes to that guy, you're all out of here. And and they're like, uh, oh, well, we'll just leave. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, they think it's this whole deal of like, well, we'll just take our business elsewhere. I was like, oh, okay, do that. <laughs> Go become somebody else's problem. Right. <laughs> don't, don't be my problem. Exactly. You know? Well, actually, there, there may have been one other time that you came close to snapping. Uh, it oh. was the night, uh, was it your first comedy show night where you're the only one at the bar? Oh, that It was night. packed. Yeah. And we decided, I forget, I, Phil probably did this, but he bought a bell, ring bell for service. Yeah. And oh, no. we put that out. <laughs> I think I actually wrote on a napkin, ring bell for service, and I put it on the other side of the bar. So <laughs> when this bell rang in Austin's already what you'd call in the weeds, right? So Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that was, bell did not last that long. That was a bad night because, I mean, typically we're working off of one bartender at a time. And we, we typically don't have more than 30, 35 people in the bar, which just serving beer, that's fine. Like, you know, one person can handle that. Just so had to be have, 70, right? Oh, uh, we, we were over 70 people in the bar. <laughs> and again, we're just serving beer, so it's not that much of an issue. But the brew crew was there. They weren't there for the comedy show, uh, you know, because we had 60 people. I think we ended up having 63 people there for the comedy show. And we were but, on the other side, just hanging but out. <laughs> they were on the other side. I'll, I'll just uh, I'll just put this out there. Um, nowadays, when we do comedy shows, the whole bar shuts down, so people can't just sit on the other side. And I don't want to say that they were a catalyst for that reasoning, but they didn't help. <laughs> but no, yeah. So so uh, Phil thought it would be a really good idea to put like a bell that you see like at you know like a hotel stand, like ring bell for service. And that's why. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I it's probably I the best three dollars he's ever spent on Amazon <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for us, not for Austin. Yeah, and and that that's my big thing is like I, I'm normally like when I'm bartending, I, you know, I'm making friends with everybody, I'm talking with everybody, but when I'm in the weeds, when it's very busy, I don't have time to talk. Mm. And Phil thought it would be funny to go ahead and put a bell on the bar top <laughs> that, and he made a sign that said "Ring Bell for Service." I was this close to grabbing that bell and throwing it as hard as I could against the wall because <laughs> I wanted to see people. I wanted people to see me shatter it against the wall and, and be like, who's next? <laughs> like who needs a beer? But 
Sorry, that's sorry just, I had to bring that up. But no, no, it's totally fine. To snapping. But but that that's. But that. we got, I got the we got the look, and I'm like, all right, we're gonna take this bell and uh, yeah, put this to the side. But but and see, that's the thing is, if if it was anybody else except for you guys, I probably would have snapped. But since <laughs> like <laughs> Phil was the one that brought it, I was like, all right, like I I I see what you're doing, but let yeah. me tell you. I'm not in a situation yeah, right now where it's funny. This is not the <laughs> night to break break this. Yeah. <laughs> so we did every once in a while after that would bring it out, but not yeah. not to the extent of that night. Well, like, I, and that's the thing. I told it. I told Phil. I was like, I was like, look, there's there's a time and a place where that is funny. <laughs> Tonight is not that night. <laughs> Tonight is not the time to bring that out. <laughs> and you can even hear it in my voice right now as I'm yeah, reliving. So, yeah, yeah, like, Tonight is not that PTSD. night. PTSD. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm a lone bartender for 70, 75 people, and I'm like, tonight is not the night for you to to be doing this. Uh, well, that's, on that note, good old yeah, Phil. Yeah. Good old Phil. Uh, well, uh, Austin, man, thanks for thanks oh, for joining yeah. us and yeah, educating. And, oh, man. Yeah, hope it was fun for you. I know you listen to oh, the yeah. podcast and some of ours. So. Mm. Well, I thank you guys for having me. And we'll see you at Brew sometime you. soon. Yeah, man. Let's, let's head to Brew and get a beer. I'll be there tonight. (laughs) This episode, first of all, we're going to dedicate to Tiffany, Latour, LaRose. She's made fun of me along with uh, her husband and <laughs> about talking hops and beer and my love of IPAs and, and all that stuff.